You're listening to the Diaries of a Witch podcast with Angelica Creasy. I hope you're ready for a powerful episode because today we're going to be talking about five ways that you can strengthen your spells, make your spells more powerful, and just, you know, step into your power when you're doing spell work, when you're sitting in a magical circle or in any other way, right? So let's just dive right in to these five suggestions I have for strengthening your spells and your spell work. Um, This is by no means an exhaustive list, but these are things that I like to do and I like to remind myself of whenever I'm planning on casting a spell or let's say, you know, I do cast a spell and maybe it didn't go the way that I wanted to. Um, These are reflections that I've had about spell work for the last multiple years. Um, And they're always things that come back and make themselves relevant in my practice as I'm thinking about doing spells, drafting spells, creating spells, and when I'm in the moment casting them. Okay. So the first one is not forcing yourself to do the magical working. (laughs) And so this could, you know, come about in a multitude of ways, right? This could come about because you always do, like, let's say, for example, you always do a spell on, you know, the first of every month, right? Like you always blow the cinnamon on your door or something, right? Um, Don't feel like you have to force yourself to do this. If this is something that you like doing and you're really, really excited, like on the first of the month to blow cinnamon on your door and you're like, hell yeah, this is going to be so exciting. I've been, you know, excited about this for the last week. Like I'm just ready for the abundance to come to me then perfect it's great to have spells on a schedule um when you're feeling that way you know it's great to schedule spells for a lot of reasons but um if you have something scheduled like that or you just feel like you have to do something like you're like oh like you know i i'm in a pinch with um my confidence right now or i have to do this spell to get this position that i'm applying for or something but you really don't feel like the desire to do it or you feel like it's a should instead of a you know want or a desire i would say wait until it becomes a desire it's perfectly fine to blow cinnamon on your door on the 5th of every month or you know the 5th of of the month this month because you didn't want to do it on the 1st right there's nothing, there's no rules, there's nothing written anywhere saying that you can't or shouldn't do that, right? And I'm sure you'll find people on the internet or people on TikTok or something saying like, oh, you have to do this, or this is the day to do this, or it has to be at this time, right? And that is not at all the case or true. There are no rules to these things, right? Um, And so the only rules that you have to abide by are your own intuitive rules you know what i mean and i'm all for planning out spell work using things like planetary hours and you know doing things on specific moon phases and stuff like that but it's not gonna be a good ritual it's not gonna get you the extent of the results that you desire unless you're confident and you want to be there and you're excited to be there right you know 
it's kind of like when you're doing a homework assignment and you don't want to be doing it and you're like this absolutely blows it's not going to be your best work it's the same thing with spells right so it's just best to schedule it for a time or hold off and not forcing yourself to do the working and waiting till a moment where you feel really excited a way that i like to get around this um is i like to set up the spell in advance so let's say i'm doing like a candle magic spell i like to actually um do the candle so i like to consecrate the candle i like to anoint and dress the candle a couple of days sometimes even before i'm planning on doing the spell so let's say i'm like oh i want to do this on the new moon or the full moon or in a certain day or a certain holiday or something i set everything up so i dress the candle i set things up on my altar I get it all ready so that I can open up the circle and just hop into the ritual, right? I can do my evocations, I can call in deities or whoever I'm gonna call in, and then I can just be really present. Um, and then obviously, you know, dressing the candle and getting things ready in that way is an act of magic as well. So if you feel like you wanna save that for when you're doing the ritual, that's totally fine. It's just something that I like to do and I even find that you know, it's it allows me to break up the work so it feels more fluid. And I get to use things like double, you know, planetary hours or double like magical days by let's say I, you know, consecrate the candle and anoint the candle on the full moon and then a couple days later on like Samhain or something, you know, I'm doing the ritual or whatever, you know what I'm talking about. It's like I'm using the energies of both the full moon and the energies of the Sabbath or, you know, the energies of the specific planetary day or planetary hour, you know what I mean? So don't force yourself to do the working if you're not into it that day. Number two is understanding the system and why you are doing certain things. And so with this one, I'm talking about understanding what's going on in the spell. And so when we're discussing like how to strengthen the spell, I think the best way or one of the best ways to do that is just to have an understanding of why you're doing certain things, right? And so, you know, if you've been doing spells for a while or specific types of spells for a while, you have some go-to methods, um, you're probably going to know why you do certain things, right? Um, why you're deciding to use certain herbs, why you're deciding to use certain colors, whatever it might be for you, right? And in, in the type of spells and in the type of system that you're working in. Um, and so this can, you know, maybe resonate for beginners more um, of like just making sure you're really knowledgeable about what's going on, not because, you know, it'll go badly or there's any worry about you know you have to know exactly what's going on at all times i'm not really saying that it's just more about um knowing all the moving parts of the spell the metaphysical meanings behind everything and then just kind of moving with that really like getting into the the metaphysics the philosophy behind everything i think that that can be really, really helpful when you're doing the spell because it gives you even more confidence of like, oh yeah, this is a tried and true method for me as well as for other people. Or, you know, I can trust this candle spirit or this ally, you know, that I'm, that I'm working with to assist me in this way. And I think a big part of this, and this is number three, 
is seeing everything as animated or as alive in some way when you're doing a spell, seeing everything as conscious. And I understand that this might not, you know, fit in with every single witch's worldview, or this might not fit into the way that you conduct spells, but it's something to try and to think about um, next time you do a working, right? Because we're working with physical objects in spell work for a reason, you know, they have the correspondences, they, you know, have meaning, they have um, symbolism in the world, in our world, right? And that's part of, you know, number two of understanding why you're using everything that you're using. But you can also think of the objects that you're using as sentient or conscious in some way. Or maybe when you sit in spell work with them, you're connecting with their essences and, and maybe you're um, bringing through the consciousness within them. Maybe you're conducting that. That's kind of another way you could understand it. But, you know, looking at your herbs, your candle, your crystals, your magical tools, anything that you're working with and seeing all of it in the spell as conscious and willing to help you and, you know, wanting to assist you and wanting to lend you their energy. Having existing relationships to your herbs, your crystals, your tools, I think is really important as well. Um, and so making sure that you're taking the time to connect with these things, you know, specific crystals that you're using, connecting with your wand, connecting with your athame, connecting with um, your herbal allies and things like that that you use often in spell work. You know, you obviously can't connect personally with every single chime candle that you buy or every single pack of incense or something, but you can um, think about each and everything in your spell as looking to help you conscious and open to what you have to say as a witch. So for example, when I'm doing candle magic, I always treat the candle, you know, even if I don't have an existing relationship with the candle, which is impossible to forge, right? <laughs> you might have a relationship with fire as an element, but probably not this particular candle, right? But I talk to the candle and I say, you know, listen, this is your true purpose here. Your purpose on earth, currently is to assist me with this. This is your mission. This is what I need you to do for me. Can you do this, right? Or, you know, you can say something a little bit more commanding, like, you know, like, this is what you're going to do for me. You know, I'm giving you some oil, I'm giving you herbs, I'm giving you maybe some coffee or some water to help and assist you with this journey of bringing me my manifestation, but this is what I need you to do. Um, and so, seeing it like that and thinking about your spell as you know sending off these consciousness uh sending off this consciousness into the world sending off these herbal allies into the world thinking like okay what do they need from me what do they need to hear from me what kind of a pep talk do, do i need to give them you know what kind of commands do i need to say to them thinking about your spell like that can be so powerful and it can really change the way that things manifest for you. Number four is letting the knowledge that the spell has been cast set you free. So thinking to yourself after you've done the spell, this spell is done. This situation is done. 
I have successfully casted this spell, right? And allowing that truth to set you free. Um, you know, you can even say that to yourself or say that during the ritual, you know, like all of my worries, everything that has been holding me back from this are set, you know, free and are, you know, put to rest essentially. Or you can just make sure you cultivate that sense of feeling, right? Of like, this is the truth now. This is what is happening. This is what's going on moving forward. And this is kind of a trick to just the, the larger point that I'm trying to make here, which is about being really, really confident, not just before the spell or as you're casting the spell, but <clears throat> being really confident after you've cast the spell that what you've done is set into motion that you know you did everything right that everything's working out for you so make sure you're saying to yourself or you're thinking to yourself i don't need to worry about this anymore i don't need to worry about this situation i don't need to worry about this thing because it's happening it's already coming to pass right you know the candle spirit or whoever right you know the elements that i called upon the deity that i called upon they're handling it I've let it go. In a way, this is what doing a spell is. It's taking a desire and it's exercising it out of the body, out of you know your bodily intelligences, out of your auric field, out through you know objects, through elements, through planetary correspondences, through deity into the larger sphere right that's kind of what you're doing when you're doing a spell so just the very nature and the mechanics of the spell is about expelling something i mean you know i even like how in the word expel i don't know if they're connected words but there's sort of this energy of expelling right of you know letting it out of letting it out of the box, right? So even thinking like, oh, the cat's out of the box now, you know? <laughs> like everything is set into motion and how exciting is that? And you might feel a variety of emotions around this. You might feel kind of nervous, you might feel kind of scared, you might feel, you know, um, a number of things. And sit with those things and it's okay to feel those things. And I think feeling those just shows you that you have successfully cast and you've successfully expelled your desires out into the world that now you're thinking about them as already being with you or you're thinking about them as already you know a truth and then you know the emotions are arising because of that so don't feel like you can't feel that kind of stuff after a spell don't feel like oh my gosh what did i do or you know oh my gosh that means this is really coming true because then that means that yeah you've successfully set that intention that you you know you know that it's happening and it's coming to you all right so number five is figuring out um, what kind of spells work best for you. And so this is a big one. It could mean a lot of different things, you know, just deciding and, and figuring out what typically works best for you. But <clears throat> I'll use an example for this. And it's this idea that, um, you know, certain spells might work for other people, but they're not gonna work for you for, for a variety of reasons. And so, for example, um, I notice that whenever I do like a figure candle spell or a chime candle spell, 
the candle is taking a lot less time to melt. It's taking, you know, maybe for a figure candle, like four or five hours. For a chime candle, it's taking like an hour and a half. For a votive, I don't know, it might be like six or seven. I'm, I'm not quite sure, but you know, within a day, right? And so, you know, when I use a figure candle or a chime candle, <clears throat> I tend to be a little bit more present with the spell work. I tend to see the spell as completed after, you know, the couple hours where the candle has burnt out. And I've noticed personally that it tends to work better for me than doing like a seven day candle. The exception to this is if I'm doing a seven day candle to a deity or I'm, you know, petitioning a deity or a saint for assistance and I'm using a seven day candle for that, that feels really good to me because it's like, yeah, part of the petition is me giving this, this deity or this saint a prayer or me calling upon them every day or, you know, every other day or whenever I'm doing the, the novena or the seven day candle. And it feels like part of the equation of like, yes, well, I'm here day after day sitting with this candle, watching it burn, saying this prayer, and after and during this whole thing is while is when my uh, manifestation is, you know, coming to pass and going and being sent out into the world. That's kind of how I think about it when I do a novena is I'm like, okay, every, you know, day that I burn this, I'm getting closer and closer and closer. And every, you know, time I light the candle, you know, new, um, situations within this manifestation happen and, you know, new courses of action are set into place. And so I'm imagining that during the entire, you know, two week process or whatever that I'm burning this candle, things are continuously happening every single day. But then I also think once it's done, once the candle has ended, then this spell is sort of like officially, officially cast. Right. And so I've noticed, um, that, since with chime and figure candles, it's a shorter amount of time. It's like under a day. So I've noticed that if I'm trying to do a spell, especially one where, you know, I really want to take advantage of a certain moment, like a certain astrological moment or a certain day, or I want to take advantage of a certain mood that I'm in, or if I just want it to happen quicker, I do a candle magic um, chime candle or a figure candle spell, right? Because the entire process feels quick and intense and I feel so confident about it and I tend to be really present in those hours with the spell, right? <clears throat> Whereas when I do a seven day candle, unless it's to a deity or for like a very specific purpose where I'm really wanting to use a seven day candle for it, um, it tends to fall flat because I'm just sitting with the spell for a longer period of time. And maybe I forget about it. Maybe I'm like, oh, I didn't light it for a couple days. And, you know, it's less about the actual metaphysics of it and more about how I feel about it. And if I feel disconnected from the spell in the middle of the casting of it, <clears throat> I think it's going to impact what the results are, right? Not always, not 100% of the time, but um, I find that to be true about me in this example and in this situation. So again, I'm definitely going to do seven day candle spells in the future. It's 100% in my, uh, you know, in my future, it's in my cards, but I'm going to do it in a way that prioritizes 
um, the way that I like to cast spells and I'm going to do it in specific situations. I'm going to have things in place to make sure that my energy continues to build and grow throughout, you know, the two week period or whatever it is. Um, and for context, I don't like to burn uh, seven day candles um, continuously. I know a lot of people do that. I used to do that. I've done that in the past, but I just get really anxious about the fire, like leaving fire alone and I wouldn't recommend it. Um, unless, you know, you've been doing it forever and you don't have a problem with it. But, um, you know, I just like get really anxious about the candle burning continuously. <laughs> um, and if I do it, I put it in like a pot with water and I put it in my bathtub or something. So I know it's like safe, but I don't know. I just still, I just still get kind of anxious about it. So I don't do that, um, which is why I'm saying that, you know, sometimes seven day candles when I'm lighting and putting them out and lighting and putting them out can sometimes lose their steam for me personally. Um, if I'm not doing things to make sure that I'm really present with the candle spell, like, you know, having notifications on my phone to remind me to light it or, um, you know, doing it with a specific deity that I'm close with and that I can feel this continuous relationship with and continuous prayer-based, petition-based um, relationship with, right? Like if I'm doing a seven-day candle with Hades, I t it tends to be super easy because I'm always talking to him, always praying to him, I'm always petitioning to him, you know, in small ways throughout the day. And so having a seven-day candle spell feels really easy with him because I'm already at his altar, you know, twice a day, right? I'm already there. I'm already talking to him. I'm already praying to him. So it's just another thing to light basically, right? So bringing this back to the original kind of point here, which is figuring out what kind of spells work for you. It's really good to have this knowledge so that when you read books or when you get recommended spells by people or when you're trying to craft your own spells, you keep that in mind. You know, you don't just reach for a seven day candle because somebody said, you had to, or somebody said that it was, you know, the best way to do a type of spell like this, or it was going to create this result. Because if you know that that's not true for you, or if it's not typically true for you, then just because somebody said it to you or suggested it to you, it doesn't mean that it's going to work for you. So it's about really tailoring your practice and making sure you're not just doing things because somebody told you to do them or you've read that you have to do it a certain way, right? Um, so make sure you're keeping your sovereignty um, and you're forging your own magical path uh, because that is what creates power, is when you're like, this works for me, I'm gonna do it this way and I'm not gonna feel bad about it. That is so powerful. If you would like to chat about your own magical practice with me and brainstorm and go through ways that you can increase your power, you can increase your sense of connection to your magical practice, and you can start creating and doing the most powerful rituals that are perfect for you, I have just the offering for you. It's called the Magical Signature Reading. This reading I've been doing since I think 2020. And it's always been really popular because this reading peers into tarot, it peers into your natal chart, and it identifies what 
innate magical gifts you have, what types of talents or interests in a magical sense are natural to you, what types of magic come natural to you. It talks a little bit about, you know, the breakdown of your energy, how your manifestations might be coming to pass, what your unique like magical energy signature is. This is a really phenomenal investment for any witch that wants to grow in their witchcraft practice, that wants to expand as a witch, and maybe is feeling a little bit like they don't really know where to go right now in their practice. They kind of want a direction or some new things to try, um, some advanced expanded concepts that are going to resonate with them, that are innately, you know, built into their structure as a witch, their energy signature, right? So that's what we do. We take a look at all of those things and we discuss, you know, ways that you can expand, um, grow in your magical practice, make your spells and manifestations much more potent. Um, and it's just such a such a fun and um, valuable reading to have, <laughs> which is why it's always been so popular. Um, for a long time, it was just a tarot reading. And recently I added some astrology to it. So some natal astrology, because I just kept finding myself wanting to look at the charts of my clients when I was doing this reading. Cause I was like, wow, like there's so much coming up around this type of planetary energy. I wonder if that's a natal signature. And I would ask, oh, you know, what's your rising sign? What's your moon sign? And it would always come through in some way. So recently I added um, a natal chart element to this reading. The way that I price out my tarot versus my astrology sessions is my tarot is less expensive because I don't have to prepare in advance. I'm not looking at charts. I'm not pulling things up or taking notes. Whereas for my astro offerings, I'm doing that. So the price is going to reflect it. So I'm still offering this reading, this magical signature reading um, at the same price that it was at when it was a tarot reading. So I've since added astrology to it, but I still have seven spots left that I'm going to sell at the price of the tarot reading, right? So seven spots left at 222 before it increases. So if you would like to book, this is your time. I would highly recommend, you know, getting in on it, booking for later in July or in August. Um, and yeah, let's work together. I'm so excited to take a peek at your chart and talk about your magical innate talents. Have a wonderful rest of your day, everybody. Um, wherever and whenever you're listening to this, I hope you have a great rest of your day and a great rest of your week. Goodbye.